Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at a Tuesday night playoff slate here with a couple games to choose from. In this video, we are looking at our best bets from each of these two games here. Uh, we've also got a player props video with some of those in there. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out everything we're putting up on the site and use that odds finder tool. A nice little chart there to see how all these bets are laid out uh, and the offerings from these books this postseason. We don't know how we did on May the 8th because we are recording right now on May the 8th uh, to get ahead of these lines for you guys on Tuesday. So we'll take a look at how we did in the uh, Knicks and the uh, Lakers and Dubs series as well uh, and then get back to you guys on that. But for now, we're going to continue to feel pretty good about your first bet here, Nate, uh, as we look at those for Tuesday night. Yeah, Nuggets coming back to Denver. uh, And what I'm going to do is tease the line to minus one, one and a half. With, with the over at 223. And normally, you know, you'd say something like that and be like, well, why don't we just take the Nuggets team total? Uh, I mean, fair enough. Good question. Uh, they they It's 117, which is pretty high. I think this is a little bit more wiggle room to say that they could score 115, 116 and win a closer game. Uh, wiggle room on both ends. I, I mean, I, I think there's also quite a possibility that they do run away with this and score 120 plus. So I think that's a secondary bet that I have no problem making for them to score 117. The Suns, uh, you know, have made a deal with the devil, Monty Williams, essentially that uh, we're not going to play defense anymore. We're just going to trust that book and KD can score 85. uh, And we're going to surround them with three point shooters because that's the only way to to keep the doubles off them. Right. So Terrence Ross, Landry Shamit, come on down. You're in here to play offense. Landry Shamit is hilariously trying to guard Jamal Murray. He has a 131 defensive rating. Uh, Terrence Ross has barely played, I mean, what 129 defensive rating. TJ Warren also, uh, you know, one of those offense for defense guys struggling. Campaign, not much better for CP3. I mean, it can go down the list. And, and we know Aiton is getting eaten alive by the Joker, who's averaging 41.5 points oh. per game, 63% oh. shooting, uh, also 14 assists. And so you're like, well, I mean, that combined with Booker and, and KD shooting out of their mind, like there's going to be some negative regression, right? Well, I think there'll also be some positive regression for guys like Jamal, who's who's averaging 30 points per game. But only shooting 22% from deep in these last two roadies here. I mean, he's shooting 44% from deep at home in these playoffs, averaging four more points per game. Uh, Offensive rating is about 20 points better per 100 possessions at home. And like I said, if they're going to rotate Shamit onto him, like it's just easy eats. Like Aaron Gordon could be a lot more assertive if they're not going to play Torrey Craig. There's no true four down there. KD and Book just aren't going to be able to play much defense on top of scoring, again, combined 80 points. So I, I, I think when you go on the road, you expect role players to struggle a little bit more. That's certainly going to hurt the Suns' chances of winning this game. The Nuggets were amazing at home all year, and they went when they scored at least 110, they went 33-2 and two in the playoffs over the last three years. Here, they're scoring seven more points per game at home versus on the road. Slightly faster pace and much better three-point shooting. This year, their defensive rating has been much, much better, uh, including mostly kind of of skewed by that slugfest with the Suns and shutting them down in game one. I just expect the Suns, now that they're in rhythm now, now that it's you've unlocked 
Devin Booker the the point god. And, you know, if, if CP3 were to play in this game, I would bet the Nuggets uh, because I think he would just throw a wrench into things and not really help in any way. Because right now you have Book just in his zone with the ball in his hands all the time. Um, so I think he will be better than he was in those first two road games. I think KD had, had will also be better. Like, he, he can still be more efficient, even though a 124 offensive rating is pretty good. It's not good for Kevin Durant. Um, so I think those two guys will score enough to keep the Suns in it and keep it, uh, you know, over 223 if we're adjusting it. So many thoughts <laughs> that I'm starting to write some notes. I'll make sure I catch what I wanted to say. Starting with the role players, Landry Shamit, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I don't expect a lot more of that from this team. But at the same time, like Michael Malone, you, Landry Shamit just hit three threes from the exact same spot that he's standing in. They know what you're doing when you throw two dudes at you know one of their uh, one of your two big guys in terms of KD or. or book like you, you got to switch something up from that it can't just be this like he counter move monty williams counter moved your counter what's your response to just let it happen i guess and, and that's how they ended up losing that game i mean to be fair to michael like if if you were to say like hey landry shaman is gonna go a five of eight from deep and play 30 minutes right like you would say okay i, I good luck i guess right and and i that's how we'll lose i guess but the the other problem is is that book uh and, and kd still combined for 72 so obviously it wasn't that great and granted you know the the kd go the you know parade to the free throw line was just the the guarantee for the over throughout this game um as he just made his way there at will uh, on a, on a super kevin durant game that is what he wants to play so to be fair like to everybody here on the nuggets it, it, kevin durant got to play a kevin durant game of 11 from 19 from the field which is what he'd much rather shoot than have to go like 15 from you know for 29 or 15 for 31 from the field like he, he would rather have those eight misses on 19 shots have you know with the, the six assists in there and just play big all game which was was great but that is a the reason he can do that in part, right, is because other guys are hitting shots, namely Landry Shamit, um, even Jock Landale being in the right spots at the right time, catching a ton of rolls off of those double teams, knowing where to be. Like Monty Williams outcoached the crap out of Michael Malone in game four, knowing where to put his guys as a result of the defense that Malone was going to throw at, at his two best players. Um, and so they, they crush it there. I, you're not going to get quite the same uh, back, back home. In, in fact, you know, this is a, a situation where like, I'm actually leaning like a little bit towards an under. Now, at the same time, if if Monty Williams unlocked something here in this game uh, and in this series with how he's going to react to the de the defense that Malone is trying to play uh, the two best players in this on the Suns, like then this could continue to just be a points fest because they only played at a 94 uh, pace in that last game and still managed to get to that you know 253 total or whatever it ended up being, um, which was uh, crazy, right? So. It, it, that that would I'm fine with the over bet I, I am but I do look at that 97 87 and go is that in part because of Denver's ability to play defense a little bit better at home a lot better at home and the inability for the Suns role players to show up to the same degree um, but let me just use all that to segue uh, into my bet here that I can use a lot of the points I just made to talk about because um, I'm actually going to talk about the Suns bet that I have here in the player, the the uh, same game parlay that I put together with Joker to get 25, KD to get 25, Booker to get 25. And I've got Joker in here for seven plus assists as well. 
that's all on DraftKings to get you to plus 125 on your money uh, for those four things to hit, which that's because most of them are at like minus 400 odds. Um, and that's because I just wanted to find something that I felt comfortable with, with the stars showing up in this game. Because even looking at some of the game logs for the, the role players on, on the Nuggets, like Aaron Gordon has actually been showing up a bit more on the road in the playoffs. And, and against the Suns um, th- this season, he actually did a little bit better on the road uh, than he did at home. Was not the case necessarily. So my point is there's a lot of variance with those guys with with guys like him and then mpj like he's had one nice game against the suns but that's because he does it once every like five games against them if you look at his his career history playing against phoenix it's not very good and and they have a lot of answers for him don't even get me started on that pull up three in transition we will just glide right over that real quick but i'm kind of like why why overcomplicate this thing the only thing that might scare you is the joker seven assists or him to do both the assists and points maybe that that scares you but i would say in the games that matter that's when joker is going to bring both of them uh in fact, even a little bit more than the rebounds. Obviously, we saw him only get three in the last one, but the assists, in, if you look at the last, let's say, six games where he's actually been like, yo, I want this, I want to win all of these games because it was either closing out the, the Timberwolves or trying to win this series against the Suns and prove that he can just dominate eight in the way he has, like, then he's getting those assists. Um, and I, this is also, you know, the assists for him, which I'll talk about in player props a bit more. Like, if you watch a man score 53 points and you rarely, rarely, rarely double teamed him, uh, honestly, like, fast enough enough or even well enough, uh, then yeah, like you're going to have to figure something different out than that on defense, Monty Williams, so that he's not putting up the 53. And I think that's the the priority. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would worry about is the 25 points, I guess, from Joker, just in case he decides to be total facilitatory Jokic. And then the Nuggets just like erupt as a team because you, you, you do have that spike from role players at home and maybe he only ends up with 23 points, but 25 is not a ton of points. When you just score yeah. 53. Uh, and when Matt Ishpia poked the bear, right? No, I don't think he'll care about that at all. Uh, no. But he is playing. We should mention off top. He's just been fined. He's not going to be suspended for that that shenanigans. Um, but I will just throw out this this nice segue. We, what, what you're saying with Jokic having the ball in his hands, not getting doubled. He's averaging 112 touches per game in this series, which is by far the most in the playoffs over, the, over a four-game span. Um, so what I'm taking is him to have two more assists than Book, which is even money at DraftKings. Uh, their, their total combined would be 17 and a half assists. If you do like the idea of Book continuing to rack up dimes, he has 21 in his last two at home here. But the reason I'm fading that is because the Suns are now going on the road. And as we know, role players are not going to shoot as well. They did not. Nobody shot well for the Suns in the first two games in the series. Mike Malone is going to be making adjustments so that they're not just doubling book and leaving these three-point shooters open if that's who uh, the Suns are going to throw out there, right? So I just don't think there'll be quite as many opportunities. And the evidence kind of shows in terms of how many assists he actually averages, which is six on the road versus eight and a half at home. If you go back three years, it's four and a half versus six at home. Uh, and, And then the first two, on the road in this series, uh, he had only nine and a half potential assists per game, 41 and a half passes. Um, so, I mean, some of that's because CP3 is out there, and now we've seen him unlocked as as the point guard, and obviously that's a huge spike. But just for comparison, I mean, look at what Jokic did on the road in these last two, 80 passes per game, leading to 28 assists. Uh, he averages 30 more passes per game than Book in these in this particular series. So I, I don't think it's going on on a big limb here to say the grading 
the best passing big man of all time is going to have more assists than a guy who's going to shoot the ball like 30 plus times and try to get 40. Yeah. Yeah. And Joker's assist prop at nine and a half is pretty nice as well, as I kind of intimated a second ago. But yeah, with all this stuff and, and thinking about CP3 not being in there, like one thing it does is at this point, it, it, he's more of a liability to be sort of the, the recipient of a pass on the wing where he's open from three. That's not his game anymore. Um, and even his mid range was a little bit off. So, you know, him being out there, just adding to the points we're making earlier a bit, like if he was out there, yeah, I would also feel better uh, about taking the Nuggets to win this one just the way he might in, uh, interrupt that that chemistry. And the last time we saw him out there was obviously not necessarily being as helpful. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to talk about him disparagingly when he's that good. So either way, I'm going to finish things off here, Nate, with uh, a, a point about a bet rather about the other game here, the the Boston and Philly game. Boston team points over 111 and a half. I still like that. It's minus 105 on DraftKings. Really good juice for that. If you want to parlay it with a money line, not much better there. It does get you to plus 110, uh, and I don't think that's too risky of a bet, but not necessarily the the, the ju- you know juicy, not necessarily juking it up enough, I should say, to to make me care about that bet. Um, but either way, the, the points for Boston, like it's it's just been one way they've been scoring no matter what. Like they've hit this every time in the playoffs. The, the lowest scoring game they had was 112 against the Hawks uh, in that surprising like opener where it was just a, a lower scoring game for that series. But in this series, I mean, it's a 214 and uh, and a half point total. And, and really, like, the reason I'd just rather go with this than even have to worry about, um, you know, what, what's going to happen for Philly is because I just don't know quite as much as what's going to happen for Philly. But there's, like, eight really, really good three-point shooters that could all play get legit minutes for the Celtics in this game. Um, and that's why, you know, they've, they've gotten at least 112 in every single uh, game so far, including every 115. Uh, in every game of this series and, 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 you know, it's, they've actually had a rougher series shooting the ball, but it's more bit so been on the road, right? We, we saw what they did in game two at home and, and that was, you know, hitting 20 plus threes in that one at home in this series, their, their shooting splits are 52 from the field, 39 from deep 94 from the free throw line. And when they've gone on the road in the last two is they went all the way down to 45% from the field. Thanks in part to Jason Tatum's really, really rough shooting night from all over the floor. 37% from three, which is huge for them. And a 2 per, a 2% difference between their three-point percentages at home and away is a pretty big deal when you shoot nearly 50 or plus threes a game the way that the Celtics have been. So um, Philly's defense has been worse on the road. It's been the case for them actually for the entire season and and for a while now as we continue to talk about them uh, being much better at home on defense. They're allowing two more points per game. So far, four more to the Celtics in this series specifically. So uh, I just think that 111 and a half, I just jumped out to me right away. Like I know it's going to continue to be a slow pace, but with the way they scored the, the ball last game, they needed uh, overtime to get the, the 115 that they scored i get that but like that was also with some pretty big anomalies i would guess really bad shooting and including like i said jason tatum going nine for 20 from the field you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines 
plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We'll get back to you on that stuff and move right along. It's your first NBA player prop for Tuesday night, Nate. Yeah, I'm going with Papa Al. And we uh, mentioned that he let us down last time we took him. But in the last two games, he's been the matchup, basically mirroring Joel Embiid's minutes for the Celtics. Uh, he's played nearly 35 minutes a game, averaged 13 and a half points and seven rebounds. So to take over 15 and a half points rebounds seems... Like pretty good odds at, at even money here at FanDuel. Um, I mean, he also has four and a half stocks in those games, including five blocks last game. I don't know how much you want to chase those. Just throw out that for him to get three stocks plus 120. Uh, and he he came up clutch on the on the D against the B. The point is, like, he's he's a much better matchup than Rob Williams at this point. And also Rob Williams probably got hurt at some point. That is not really, like, specifically mentioned, but... Took a hard fall in game three, I believe. Uh, and he's only played 15 minutes per game the last two here. So, it, it, you know, not really splitting too many minutes with Horford, who, you know, now we come home as we see series kind of wear on. Uh, Papa Al does bring it at home in the playoffs with, with the Celtics. He averages 10 points and 9.2 boards at home. Also three and a half assists if you want to combine the rebounds and assists instead. Uh, won't, won't hate you for it, but in this series, he's scoring more, um, 11 points per game, you know, including seven for 14 from three in the last two, because the Celtics understand that they need to draw and beat away from the basket. They need to get Horford out there, you know, get him looks, uh, you know, put him in pick and roll action so they can wear and beat down by forcing him to guard and speeding up the pace of the game. And, and Horford, you know, his, his fountain of youth, he, he doesn't get tired, you know, even at age 37, 38, uh, you know, he can he can run around and beat, and that's why he was able to kind of win that matchup down the stretch, set up the Celtics for what looked like a win, and, you know, all sorts of things happened that uh, made that not happen. But uh, we, we were not concentrating on that here. We were talking about player props and Papa Al, um, you know, getting us some points and boards. Yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> we, yeah, we're, we're definitely – don't have time to get into the end of that game and Harden's 42 and whatever else we want to talk about, but um, I, I'm fine with it. You know, the, the one time that I tried to take him with the points uh, and the threes, he went one for eight from deep. But the point is, is like, he's getting them up and he's going to continue to get them up in the minutes that he plays. Everybody is if they're on the floor for long enough. And, and he is because of what he brings to, to the defensive side, as we know, especially now as the main big man, if uh, Rob will is either limited or not able to play. 
uh, in game five there. So uh, I'm going to move on to a uh, another Celtic here and go back to Malcolm Brogdon because they don't raise his props. I mean, I guess it's gone up a point kind of um, from the 13 and a half that it was kind of mostly at, but now it's gone up even more because it's Malcolm Brogdon's done that even more so and, and gone over 14 and a half points in every game in this series versus the, the 76ers. I, I really, I mean, it's minus 111 on FanDuel for the points. Like I'm kind of in the boat of like, might as well take the points, rebounds, and assists as well because of the minutes that he's getting and when he's getting them. Uh, I, it's minus 115. It's basically the same uh, odds there for him to get the 22 points, rebounds, and assists. He's hit both of these props in six of his eight playoff games. If you want to just kind of throw out the first one where he played 21 minutes and they didn't realize that he needed to play close to 30 uh, like he has been, then we can go ahead and do that and say he's hit it in six of his last seven. Um, but, you know, he, he wasn't getting the same run at, at that time. Not only that, but, like, his usage rate was not even close to what it is now. Actually, in this series, it's, it's higher than it was in the Hawks series. He's at 20 25.3% usage rate in this uh, series here. He's playing 10 minutes, more than 10 minutes a game in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, there's been one court fourth quarter where like Peyton Pritchard played the entirety of it. So, you know, that, that was one where they didn't need the starters as much. But um, only Tatum is averaging more time in the fourth quarter than him uh, at this point, closer to 11 uh, plus minutes there. But, you know, he is what we like to say, the adult in the room. Uh, and to a degree, like it's because of Derek White. Like Derek White's done fine. He's he's made some threes when he's been called upon to, to do that within the flow of the offense. And he's played good defense on Tyrese Maxey. But like Malcolm Brogdon's played just as, if not better, defense on Tyrese Maxey in the minutes that he's been out there. Uh, and so he's he's trusted more. Also, only three, uh, only one turnover compared to his three assists per game in this series. So like I said, you know that you have someone trustworthy at the end of games. He's shooting 90% from the uh, free throw line, including 46% from the field, 53% from deep, uh, where he's just been absolutely on fuego this season. And it's it's all of that sort of sturdiness that he brings that just makes you go, okay, he's going to get in there and, and have the minutes. Like he's going to be the, the guard. Marcus Smart might be in there. And now without Rob Will, there's nothing wrong with Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon on the floor at the same time, especially because, that way you have someone to maybe be a little bit more of like a, a, a temper, uh, someone who can temper uh, Marcus Smart at the end of games and who he'll, he'll be trusted to have the ball in his hands as Missoula will be hopefully making it clear like this is the guy who gets the ball when we need to set things up. And and that's just that time and amount that he's been on there plus having like the, the second best plus minus or excuse me, third best after the Jays who have the two best plus minuses on the team in, in this in the playoffs. But he's got right after that because of, of, of what he brings to the floor. So you look, you look hesitant because of maybe your lack of uh, trust in, in Marcus Smot's uh, ability to make the right play? No, no, I'm just laughing at the like paint by numbers, like bulletin board. Like Marcus, these guys are better at scoring than you, so you you let them close the game, right? Because uh, yeah, no, I mean Bragdon's playing in the fourth quarter. That's the key here. You you outline that perfectly. Derek White is the odd man out in that crowded rotation right now because Maxi can actually guard him okay. Mm. Uh, Maxi has no chance against Bragdon. Yeah. Bragdon's just too Much strong bigger. going to the basket, yeah. too decisive. Um, and he could just blow by Harden or or bully Maxi, yep. and then he's getting open threes because yeah, like you said, everybody in the Celtics scheme is, and, and he's money's a a former fifty forty ninety guy, and he's shooting over fifty from deep yeah. in this series. So I would have taken Brogdon if you had not beat me to it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but last time in Game Three, I wanted you to take Marcus Smart, the the leader of the irrational confidence team, yes. to have more field goals than Tobias Harris, and it hit again. So I'm going back to that well. It's still only minus 105 uh, because Tobias Harris just doesn't get the ball, first and foremost. He's the fourth option on this team, and Marcus Smart thinks he's the 1B option or something on the Celtics. So 
He's getting up at least 15 shots a game. Missoula has rewarded him by playing him 39 minutes in the last two games. He's averaging 18 points uh, in that span. And so, I mean, in this entire series, he gets he gets the ball 56 and a half touches per game. Tobias is under 40 touches. He's shot the ball 16 times more than Tobias in the last three meetings here. His usage rate is 23% versus Tobias at 16%. Um, and, and you know, if you just look at, like, how often do I actually get the ball? He's receiving 47 passes per game, which is twice as many as Tobias Harris gets, yeah. just 23, which is how a guy like Tobias gets only three made field goals when he plays 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to guard Tatum on the other end. He needs to be out there for sure. Uh, but Smart is going to be out there. I, I, I mean, it was clearly a critical error to to put him on Harden instead of Jalen Brown, who had done such a great job the previous two games. But Smart will be out there one way or another, probably guarding Maxi more as they adjust. Um, but yeah, if Derek White's the odd man out, Smart's going to be out there, and he is apparently going to take 15 shots a game, which gives him a much better chance of making at least a third of them, which is, by the way, like all he's made the last three, but that's still more than Tobias Harris. <laughs> who has a minimal usage rate. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the the, the field goals made is, is big. Like Tobias doesn't get that many shots. He has to hit a very high percentage to the points you're, that, you know, just to add to the same points that you're making here uh, for, for him to have more field goals than a guy who gets to shoot more in the offense that they have. Like at this point, you know, I was thinking about it and it was like, it's almost like the Sixers have to have Harden and, and not or and Embiid go off to win at this point. And it's not just I mean, that sounds like an obvious thing to say, but it's more than just that they're the two best players and have the highest usage rates. It's that they have the highest usage rates and they're not passing the ball to other guys for them to have an opportunity to score. Uh, if you look at the field goal attempts, you know, look, Maxi finds a way to get his because at times he's the only guy who has any kind of speed to his game. Um, that, so they, they really look for him to lead that transition and um, and fast break and really like just get ahead of the, the Celtics defense as the only guy who can beat the Celt some of the Celtics who are all fast and all except for Papa Al and all fleet of foot basically at this point like he's the only one who can get past them before they can set up their defense so you know maybe he can uh, still get some field goal attempts but the main point about Tobias is is like he can't because his whole role is go stand in the corner and if he gets a defensive rebound it's definitely not bring the ball up the court it's go stand in the corner um, and even you know when Embiid was not in there we saw him take a bigger role obviously but that's also because James Harden had to come off the floor at some point and that left him open to shoot shots but he is not a lot there's no green light at this point unless it's within the flow of the offense and standing in the corner is, is just not a good place to uh to get yourself involved very often so uh i was thinking about all the tobias harris stuff just so that we're one-to-one -one here in terms of like i really would have taken tobias first as well uh, if i hadn't seen your marcus smart bet but i'm with it entirely so uh i'm gonna finish things off here with nikola Jokic. Specifically assists. Um, and as long as he doesn't shove any team owners in this next game, he should be able to play a solid 43, 44 minutes. I don't think anybody really cares about that Matt Ishbia story. Moving past it, you get a plus 112 for him to get 10 assists on FanDuel. Um, it's interesting because that's actually gone up. If you look at the what the closing number were, was for him uh, in his past like 10 games, it got down to seven and a half assists for him at the, you know, during the sort of Minnesota series where it was coming off at the end of the season and he wasn't trying that much, but when Nicola's trying, his assists appear to be just as relevant uh, in terms of like what would be considered a more effort-based stat in rebounds. Like 
he actually his effort based stat seems to be assists. Uh, and I base that on the fact that, you know, when it comes down to a game that matters for him uh, and for for the, the Nuggets like that, he's going to have the ball in his hands no matter what. There's not going to be a possession that when he's on the floor that he's either not bringing it up or he's not the first one to receive it, you know, within the flow of the offense that they run at that point, which has been a ton of two-man game with him and, and Murray. And that two-man game with he and Murray is the reason that he was able to get so open, uh, you know, and, and not really receive too many double teams in that last game because they ran the, the motion offense so early. Basically, they didn't wait for things to pan out. They just came down, got in the set right away before that anybody could really set up. And then he and Murray are playing two two-man game pick and roll before other guys even know how to get over there and, and get on them. There's going to be some, some, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, corrections made by Monty Williams in this game, because you, you, after watching him score 53 points, it'd be criminal. If you let him get that many shots without at least two to three guys around him, you, you might use all of that to say, like, let me pick a Jamal Murray game. Fine. I'm fine with that. Let me pick like, you know, even a, a Contavious Caldwell Pope or um, a, 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 um, a Aaron Gordon game is the other guy I want to say. I'm, I'm kind of over MPJ in this series. It's just not good for him against the Suns. It never has been, even though they don't have Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. He's still not doing so great uh, against this team in, in this series either. So, you know, if any of those guys I'm fine with, but the assists are all there because of of Jokic and, and them getting open um, is because of Jokic. And so I do believe in, in the if there's going to be almost three guys if not always two, if not three guys on Joker, then the lanes are going to be wide open for guys to cut. I don't want to have to figure out who that's going to be. I just know he's going to be uh, the one sort of passing them the ball there. Yeah, I mean, he averaged 14 assists per game in the last two, and that's with very few double teams, to your point. Uh, I think the Suns, I mean, you can't just double him, though. Like, you're, you're toast if you do that. I don't know what the adjustment's going to be. But I am kind of interested in this. In I mean, aside from the the best bet I mentioned, where I think he's going to have two more dimes than Booker. I mean, so clearly I do agree with you to an extent. I just think you know maybe that's a little more wiggle room. Yeah, I'm interested in Jokic under eight and a half points in the first quarter because of this, uh, which you know is a number he hovers right around. But I don't know if he's going to be come out looking to score that much after getting 53. I think it's, you know, that's not necessarily his MO or how the Nuggets are going to win is like, give us 40, give us 50. Uh, I think he's going to get everybody else involved early and maybe only take three to five field goals in the first quarter, which means, you know, it might be a sweat, but it's interesting. It's like plus 105 to go under uh, eight and a half points at DK. So I'll just throw that one out there as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, with the, you know, the, the logic that we're both kind of using that one seems a little bit more risky just to, to go for it. But yeah, I would imagine that he comes out looking to pass as well. It's also like, I don't know, man. I think he just also reads the defense, to be honest, because if he can score with that level of consistency, like he's going to make you double team him. But I don't know what else he would have to do to prove to Monty Williams. Like, I will score every time if I have to. And it'll be a barrage of footwork that DeAndre Ayton's soft butt wishes he had uh, to go along with his soft game. But I digress. Let's finish things up here, Nate, with our play a props video, as that's all the time that we have. I don't want to make sure I don't want DeAndre Ayton to continue catching strays. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out the best bets video that we do have up for you as well. And until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>